When I was in seminary, specifically in the year 2005, I visited the Holy Land. And it is almost impossible to put into words what you experience over there. The Gospels come alive in a way that you've never imagined. In fact, they, they actually call the Holy Land the fifth Gospel. <clears throat> uh, because it is so rich when you experience it, you just experience the, 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 the whole story of Jesus in a different way. For example, when, when Jesus is giving the parable of the sower, and he says some seed fell on rich ground, some seed fell among rocks, some seed fell amongst thistles and weeds. If you go to the place where that happened, you can actually see there's a place with thistles and weeds, there's like rocky ground, there's good dirt. So he, was, he would have been pointing at these things. You can go to the Mount of Beatitudes, climb the mountain of the transfiguration. You can go to where Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. And Jesus said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. You can go to the the steps of the Praetorian Guard, where Jesus would have been scourged, and walk up those steps, which he would have walked up. You can go to Calvary and touch the rock on which Jesus was crucified. And finally, you can kneel in the tomb of the resurrection. But one place sticks out in my mind today, and that place is Nazareth. Nazareth today is a very large city, and during the time of Jesus, it would maybe have been, you know, a couple hundred people, maybe, if it was even that big. And in the church of, or in the city of Nazareth is a church dedicated to Our Lady. It's a rather ugly church, um, because it's modern. But <clears throat> underneath it, is an ancient church from the 5th century. And underneath that is a little grotto, if you will, a little cave-like dwelling, which tradition holds is where Our Lady lived. And in that little cave-like sort of grotto is an altar. And on that altar are five words in Latin. Verbum caro factum est hic. And of course we all know what that means. Because it's written on our altar, more or less, except for one word, hic. Verbal caro factum est means, and the word became flesh here. Why? Why? Because Mary said yes. On this feast of Mary, Mother of God, we're reminded that no one ever responded to God as she did. She is the perfect example of what we are looking for in the life of faith. And I don't know about you, but I've been a little bothered lately. Maybe you're going to get mad at me or call me a chauvinist or whatever, but even a little bit annoyed. I don't know if you've noticed this, but almost every movie that's coming out, the main actor is a woman, which I have no problem with. None. What, what bothers me is that Hollywood is trying to make women into men. That bothers me. I read a study a couple years ago. It said, it was, the title of the study said, men and women are different. Science finds. <laughs> no way! <laughs> Thank God for science. But seriously... You know, you have these women who are the heroines and they're 
they're beating up the toughest of men and they're crushing the evil empire. Like, again, I have no problem with women in positions of leadership. I, but don't make them into men. When you do that, you ruin the feminine. There is a beautiful and holy place in this world for the feminine. John Paul II even coined the term the feminine genius. That there is a genius about woman. <clears throat> but when we try to make her into man, we destroy the beauty of the feminine. And one of those qualities of the feminine genius is pure receptivity. That the woman knows how to receive. And Our Lady reminds us of that today. I want you to think just for a moment. In the whole history of humanity, no one has ever made a decision as remotely important as the decision made by a 14-year-old girl 2,000 years ago. No one. Like, if you look at the history of the world, no one's come even close to making a decision that important. Mary is the star. She has the lead role. I love, there's a story about Mother Teresa, because she, Mother Teresa was saying how beautiful Mary was, and we love Our Lady, and blah, 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 and the rosary, and all this, and there were some Protestant brothers and sisters of ours that came up, and they said, it's not about Mary, it's about Jesus. And Mother Teresa looked at him and said, no Mary, no Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, saints can do that. They just shut you up. You can't say anything after that. But her decision, <clears throat> it wasn't so much to do something. Right? Go and lead an army into victory. No, 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 no. It was to allow something to be done to her. To open her heart and faith and receive the word made flesh, which is our call. It's our call. I think sometimes we, we have all these ideas about how we're supposed to do great things for God. And by all means, do your best to do great things for God. But always remember, he really doesn't need you. He doesn't need your talents. He doesn't need your gifts. It cost him nothing to give you those. It cost him that to get you to trust him. To surrender. To put down your arms. You know, there's a battle in this life right now. And it's not between God and the devil. It's between you and God. Will you trust him? When I, when I got a, uh, ordained a deacon, I was, I was headed home. <clears throat> and there was a, my spiritual director's name was Monsignor Bill Lyons. God rest his soul. He passed away about five years ago. But I asked him, I said, Monsignor, I said, what is the best piece of advice you have for a young priest going into ministry? And he said, Get out of the way. And I'm like, what? He said, get out of God's way. If you do that, you will be a very effective priest. If you don't, you are going to ruin things. There is no more truer statement. There is no more better piece of advice. Not just for a young priest. For all of us. Get out of the way. And let the Lord work. And so as we enter into this new year, I encourage you every day to imitate Our Lady. To basically say, Lord, do in me whatever you need to do. I surrender. Just give me the grace to respond. No one can teach us about Jesus like Mary can.
No one can teach us about the feminine like Mary can. No one can teach us about surrender like Mary can. No one is a paradigm of faith like Mary is. Through the intercession of Mary, Mother of God, may 2020 be a year rich in God's grace and one in which we experience our lives being handed over to Jesus, her Son, with ever greater confidence, trust, and surrender. Mary, Mother of God, and our Mother, pray for us.